Hi, this is Ruth. And this is Jeff. And this is uh, Ruth and Jeff's DVD Binder Podcast. That's the name. <laughs> and we are going to go through our DVDs. And we will be watching them one by one. Each podcast episode is a single DVD. And we will be debating whether or not to keep them. Let's get going. So our movie today is uh, 1981's Clash of the Titans, not to be confused with the Sam Worthington one that was done in, I think, 2010. Um, I watched that one um, on a plane, and the screen that I watched it on was was probably the size of my wallet. Um, and, uh, and that's a terrible way to watch that movie because it has a lot of special effects yep. and, uh, and yeah, the 2010 Clash of the Titans, um, isn't, yeah, you want to watch it on a bigger screen. Now that okay. being said, I'd say the 1981 Clash of the Titans would probably benefit from watching, yeah, being watched screen. on a screen that, that was really small. That would have been better. Um, because it is also a special effects extravaganza. And it is, you know what, I have always heard about this movie. So that's actually, have you ever seen this one before? No, right? I No, I think I have you seen it have? at okay. least once, yeah. Okay, I had never seen it, but I always heard about it because of Harryhausen's special effects, mm-hmm. um, which are referenced in Monsters, Inc. Harryhausen um, is, yeah. Yeah, Harryhausen that's is. Right. Um, and so I had heard about it for years, but I had never seen it until now. This was my first watching, despite, I think this DVD may have been in our binder for four or five years. Well, that I, that's true, probably, because, you know, I like... And maybe we'll get into this in the in the episode, but my secret lifelong desire has been to do special effects. That is movies. true. That is true for listeners. Um, Jeff, the most important book in our library potentially is one about the special effects of Jurassic Park yeah. and how they were done. Well, and I remember very I've clearly. I've tried to get rid of it a lot. <laughs> my grandpa took me to the uh, museum, and there was a guy from Industrial Light and Magic giving a presentation on the special effects in Jurassic Park. And it was like the highlight of my life. Um, still is. Still is. Probably still is. top five, definitely. Like top that. Three. Top three. Like there was a marriage. Children, oh, yeah. We that, have six and kids. And then our marriage. Uh, so, our marriage might be third now. <laughs> so six kids, marriage. So seven things. This might be number eight, though. Okay. I think. That's nice. Anyways, though. So, so yeah. The Clash of the Titans. Um, do, you, do you want to summarize it well, a bit? Well, I mean... It is the story of Perseus. So for people who know their mythology, he's the slayer of Medusa. And apparently, I don't remember the Kraken, but I don't remember certain myths. But he's the slayer of the Kraken, at least according to this, and the slayer of Medusa. And he wins the Princess Andromeda. I believe in the original myth, he also flies Pegasus a little too close to the gods and ends up paraplegic. But maybe that's a different guy. Mm. That might be a different guy. I'm not sure. I can never keep any of them straight yeah, actually. in this version it's all about him finding princess andromeda trying to save her from being sacrificed to the kraken because andromeda rejected thetis the goddess of the sea's son because he became hideous because zeus was punishing him classic greek mythology stuff yeah, so. yeah. and it stars the ever wonderful harry hamlin it's he's a pretty he's pretty remarkable and you just think yeah. why weren't you bigger yeah, I like mean, why wasn't he I more think popular? He was more, but I mean, we are both '80s, early '80s children. Yeah, I was born the year this movie came out. Yeah, that's right. And so, for I bet our parents were more into him, and we of course discovered him really with Veronica Mars. Yeah, 
where he just, man, if people, if you haven't seen Veronica Mars, well, we are going to get to it eventually. It's in our DVD binder, so we'll talk about it. Yeah. Don't you worry. Yeah, no, I mean, Harry Hamlin is pretty awesome. I think we talked about him when we were watching it as being kind of like a cross between Zac Efron Mm -hmm. and uh, who was the other guy? Oh, uh, Ansel Elgort. Yeah, yeah, sort of the cheekbones of Ansel Elgort and then everything else of Zac Efron. (laughs) (laughs) The smooth (laughs) handsomeness of Zac Efron. He's such, like, in this movie, Harry Hamlin is, is such a late 70s, guy like he just looks yeah. like he still has the body hair of an eight, a late 70s <laughs> yes, exactly. male actor um but uh yeah anyways so so he's the main main star um and then the the gods are all sort of top-notch actors yeah. from the period so yeah. like Laurence Olivier is Zeus Maggie Smith as Thetis yep uh Claire Bloom is uh Hera, right? Hera yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, Ursula Andress, who, and here's my, my special thing is celebrity gossip, which I love. I don't actually, you know, care about other things, it seems like sometimes. And Ursula Andress and Harry Hamlin hooked up on this movie, I happen right. to know. They had a so, child. Had a child as a result, so yeah. that was, but she's uh, Aphrodite in this, which is Yeah, and I think she was a Bond girl. She was a Bond girl, I think yeah. that's what, that's, kind that's of her, her claim to fame. She has yeah. one line. I think she has a single line, and she also laughs at a joke yeah. in, in this movie. Um, so yeah, but that was all that, she, no, you that know, was, she's that still it. so gorgeous yeah. and awesome. That, that was all. And good. I'm going to mess up it. Burgess Meredith, who yeah. played the penguin in the old Batman yeah, that's right, yeah. uh, shows in the sixties. He plays a, a poet who kind of, he's kind of like the equivalent of, um, what in, in Hercules, oh, Disney's Phil? Hercules. He's like Phil, Phil. Except he doesn't really of, train but he's not a satyr and he doesn't train him, but he is but kind, he of kind of like trains him. He teaches his helper. Him. He kind we of walks think. around and yeah. gets things for him. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's basically the plot. Um, it yeah. is actually, I think, and I'd have to rewatch the 2010, uh, Clash of the Titans again, but it's, I think it's relatively similar. Like I think that the 2010 Clash of the Titans is pretty close. Like it has a lot of similarities to this one. Um, so it, it might actually be like a, a literal remake, um, but that's the summary. Yeah. All right. So favorite moment Oof. or is moments? Moments. I mean, now of course we just finished it. So the first thing that jumps out to me is the end credits, where for some reason they credit it says like all the actors and who like who played who, and then it says mythological creatures as themselves, <laughs> and then it like names like Medusa and all these, and then it says scorpions. And Vulture, which in my memory of the myths are not specific mythological characters. So I did, that's a They're abnormally large. Yeah, yeah, side thing. I think that's thing. why. Yeah, probably. But uh, otherwise, I mean, it's hard to say. I did love it whenever they had the Councils of the Gods because it was just sort of this, it felt like a play from sort of like a grade mm. 10 play of the gods. Mm-hmm. That's how it felt. So mm-hmm. I really did enjoy that a lot. I love Maggie Smith always. And she's such a, like, she really poured herself into this role, I feel like. She well, was the most dedicated. Fun fact, she mm-hmm. is married, or was married, to mm-hmm. the uh, writer. Nice. A guy named Beverly, which I would normally be kind of weirded out by. Except that I went to a high school that was named after a guy named Beverly. Which oh. I think used to be sort of a unisex name. Yeah. But, um... Well, yeah, so maybe right. that's how she got the job. 
Yeah, that's true. Well, she, you know what? She was dedicated, so she, she deserved she it. She was very good. I felt like she was an angry goddess. Yeah, I think Lawrence Olivier kind of phoned it in a bit. Well, I mean, he just was. He's just. He was there for the fun, for yeah. the food. He's he was there for the food. There for the food, <laughs> and because he's he was famous. Yeah. So they probably paid him a lot. Yeah. Actually, I also. I mean, the special effects were, I'm not, they were not impressive to me at all. I'm sure that for the time they were great, and I know everyone will say that. I was not impressed, but I did love it whenever they went in visible mode with Harry Hamlin. That was pretty good. Yeah. His footsteps were very deep, though. Like, he yeah. didn't have deep footsteps except invisible mode, and suddenly his feet would sink really low in the ground. So I guess the Maybe helmet... Maybe invisibility makes yeah, you heavier. Well, that helmet of invisibility is really heavy, I'm yeah. assuming. Or it changes your physio- physiology in such yeah. a way that it... Well, it's, I mean, it's got to be pretty advanced science, yeah. so that makes sense. So, uh, but you, favorite? Yeah. Yeah, hard to say. I was pretty bored, I have to say, during this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we were pa- filling out passport um, stuff at the same time, so I'm not sure that was a wise approach, but... Um, I guess the fact that we got the passport stuff filled out is a bad sign for the movie. Right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, I mean, I think that I um, I really liked... I mean, and I kind of said this in the previous episode, that I really enjoy uh, not well-made things. And mm-hmm. the effects were pretty bad. Um, mm-hmm. They uh, they didn't... Like, sometimes I couldn't tell whether they really thought that they were bad. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Like, sometimes when people think that they're doing really great work, but it's actually really bad. Yeah. I don't know. It leaves kind of a bad taste in your mouth, but... Um, I mean, the Kraken was awesome. Partly yeah. the Kraken was awesome because it was like, oh, that's who the, um, that's what the reference is in the Lego Batman movie, <laughs> yeah, with, which is my very favorite scene where, uh, the Kraken is chasing Batman and then Batman uses the Kraken to blow up Sourman's, uh, Sauron. not Sourman, oops, Sauron, oh. Sauron's eye, right? Yeah. Like. And then the Kraken's like, oops, uh, nothing to see here. And then he kind of like wanders off into the... Uh... <laughs> sort of slinks away. Yeah. yeah. So so that was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I like the monsters. They're they're kind of fun. I used to do enjoy stop motion stuff. And yeah. um, and it was pretty... Like some of the stuff was, was a little bit impressive. I thought the stuff mm-hmm. where Pegasus was interacting with an invisible Harry Hamlin... You thought um, that was impressive? Well, I was kind of impressed. Well, that's good. I'm glad, there was, I'm glad one of us was. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> well, it was because the, there was that one moment where the the rope, right, off of Pegasus right. is just going into an invisible space. So it's just hanging right. there. And then all of a sudden, his helmet gets kicked off or gets kind of knocked right. off. Yeah. And he appears like, no, and, and the thing is still there. So I thought, well, that, that was, was probably good. Pretty, that's pretty high level, I guess, yeah. for them. I mean, at the time, it probably took them, like, nine months to do that yeah, shot well, or something like that. And, I mean, I think the thing for me, and, again, recognizing the time, is that with the librarian, I was like, huh, some of these social effects are bad. And now I'm like, wow, the librarian was, like, cutting right. edge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is, for me, when I do watch this, is yeah. that I think, I mean, and partly it's because the Avengers uh, movie is coming out this yes, weekend. Yes, yes. I, I think to myself, it'd be kind of cool if they made a big movie like the Avengers entirely practical effects like like this like, like the, yeah. even or even if they just reshot an entire scene 
from the new Avengers movie. Yeah. But only, but only using used... practical effects. Yeah. Um, and practical effects, just as a definition, is like... I just mean like non-computer no, graphics. No computers. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I guess... No, they wouldn't have used any computers for this one, but... Um, but, you know, they, they do composite shots and stuff. Yes. So this is, I mean, something that we maybe should talk about a little bit is the fact that this movie came out after Star Wars. Yeah. And I felt like it, compared to Star Wars, looked cheap. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. No, I, I, I would definitely agree. Like, like Star Wars had, has different kinds of special effects, I think. Mm-hmm. And, like, in some ways, they're better at keeping them separate, right? Like, Right. They weren't got, trying to make humans interact with... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, the the times when that happens in Return of the Jedi, which is after this movie, right? Like, where Luke yes. falls into the... What is it called? The starts with an R. That, oh, yeah. That big the monster... R- rank... Rank... Rancor? Rancor? Yeah. Is it Rancor? Yeah. Um, you know, that, 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 that scene is kind of weird looking. In, in a similar yeah. way to this movie. But not as much, for sure. Yeah. Um, the, the, there's a character in Clash of the Titans called Bubo, which is a... It's like a mechanical owl that is... that uh, Athena is it? has Athena it built makes. for him. Yeah. 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 And uh, But I was looking up online about Bubo, and it's sort of like everyone was like, this is such a ripoff of R2-D2, because it's the same, like, beeps and boops and... Uh, you know, it's kind of the comic cute comic relief, yeah, say cute, cute robotics robotic. Um, but Harryhausen apparently was like, no, no, it was I was I had already developed it as an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and honestly, I mean, R two D two is way more impressive, so it's not a very oh yeah. Totally. I mean, I guess rip offs aren't always a good. Yeah, that's true. That's they're not always impressive. Okay, yeah. but so would you like? What is your feelings on it? Are you pro this movie or? Hmm. I don't know. Like, I feel like. The advantage of the way we did the last episode was mm-hmm. we had a kind of a night to sleep on it. But the thing is, is I liked the library and like out of the yeah. gate. Yeah, you had no feelings. So you're yeah. saying you don't think this is a good movie. I, I don't know. Like, like it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of scary because so like today, and I think I told you this, mm-hmm. you know, I was at the grocery store and uh, I ran into mm-hmm. my Latin teacher from my first year of university. Fancy. Which is crazy. Like, mm-hmm. like I haven't seen her in like 15, no, 17 years. Yeah. And I saw her and... And you was, knew who she was. And I knew who she was. She told, I couldn't remember her last name, but I said Professor Maria. And, uh, and she's still teaching Latin. And I was thinking when we decided to watch Clash of the Titans, I was like, whoa, this is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. You know, but that is not a good reason to keep a movie just because like if I every time I ran into a teacher kept the movie I watched that night in commemoration. No, but what if it was connected? I like, don't... What if you were watching? Um, what's that one with the lobster in it? Oh, man, that's a great movie. What's, Do we own that what's one? It Simply called? Irresistible. Yeah. What if you're watching Simply Irresistible and then that same day you met your home ec teacher where you first cooked a lobster? Well, I've never cooked a lobster in home ec, so that's an important thing to note. I don't... Does anyone cook lobster in home ec? I feel like that's an important thing. In the Maritimes, they might. Uh, Maybe they do in the Maritimes. But regardless, I still wouldn't... Well, I'd keep Simply Irresistible because it's the greatest bad movie of all time, but that's still not a reason. So, I don't know. I'm kind of, like, on the fence, And I mean, there is is something to be said about this movie is kind of famous, right? For its special effects stuff. Oh, yeah. So, for me, I was like, oh, I've always heard of this movie. Now I've finally watched it. But also, I didn't think to myself... Mm, I could watch that again in a year. I was like, well, now I never yeah. have to watch that again. Yeah. But I've seen it. 
So do we keep it for our kids to have that experience, mm-hmm. or do we enforce them to just find that experience on their own? That's a yeah. Because I'm know not. What you're saying. I don't want to go back to it. I don't I, think. I don't really feel like it either. Okay. Because like the thing is, is um, like if I was to have to watch another kind of that kind of special effects movie, mm-hmm. I'd rather watch something like Jason and the Argonauts, which was Harryhausen's like a very similar movie to this well, that's but one where they in the fight 60s the skeleton, right? and that's the famous scene where they're fighting the skeletons yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that kind of thing like that one almost would be more interesting to me um i'm trying to think like the thing is is this movie didn't have anything really redeeming about it i thought like, i mean harry hamlin i guess harry He's hamlin great. but but we can just watch veronica mars yeah he's even better in that yeah like it's not like he like, really you know progressed as an actor by then yeah Exactly. I mean, th- this will be an interesting question because I don't actually know how many 80s movies we own. Um, we own the Goonies. We own the Goonies. We own Adventures in Babysitting. We own uh, at least one or two chick flicks own, from the You know, 80s. and there's Indiana Jones movies and yeah, things yeah. like that. Oh, it was Star um, Wars. We actually own a lot of 80s movies. Yeah. But, like, mm. it's a question, right? Like, is mm-hmm. if you think about, like, the history of cinema, the 70s are an extremely strong decade. Yeah. Because you have, like, the Godfather movies and... Tons of tons of different movies. Oh, is that Apocalypse Now would be um, the seventies too? Yep. Maybe, yeah. Yep, I'm pretty sure. Um, we'll but find out. we'll find out because we have that one. Um, and uh, but the eighties, you know, sort of like is that as strong a, a time? And is it good to have movies like this that are representative of that era? Yeah, yeah. Well, and part of me, I mean, again, part of me is like, well, I mean, for me, the kids, we could keep it. But then I'm also like, but. I'm never going to sit and watch it with them. Yeah. Plus, I mean, there is some pretty intense nudity in the beginning. There was some nudity that I did not expect. I was, it in fact, I didn't know, expect any nudity, and there was... <laughs> but it wasn't, it wasn't two, intense in a bad way. It was kinds just of nudity. really weird. It was very it weird. Was weird. Um, I mean, it was pretty, like, it was tame and not... Yeah, it wasn't like, racy. It was just, no, it wasn't racy. I mean, it mostly, was, I just never walked naked down a beach with our six-year-old son. That's, so that's what was weird to me. That's, yeah. And maybe that's a thing that they did in the 80s. <laughs> <Yeah>. Maybe <laughs> or that's, maybe they were happier for it. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel kind of like I don't okay, want to well, keep it was, necessarily. This, this, that's weird. Are we final voting on this? I, I See, and just for you listeners out there, we, we kind of said, oh, let's do a few movies where we feel strongly that we're, we're, we're going to keep, keep them. Yeah. But I kind of feel like with this one, this is a bit of a surprise twist. Yeah. yeah. Unexpected. No one saw that coming. Yeah. I, I think maybe this is one we that's fit for the pit. I was saying, yeah. As they said on Street little... Sense in, in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. We are sacrificing it to the Kraken. Yeah. Release the Kraken. Yeah. They say that in this movie, actually. Release the Kraken. Which is a great. That's, I mean, yeah, I think Liam Neeson line. would say it better, but. He does. Yeah. Definitely. For sure. But, okay, well, I also have no desire to watch that again. Okay. You know what I just realized is that Mm. um, our segments, last time we did sort of favorite parts and things like that, and then we did a debate section, and then we did a vote section at the end, and there was sort of like a little bell sound. Oh, yeah, we aren't going to have any division this time. You know what? Why don't we just do it? Okay, so full so, and official vote. Full, you know what? Yeah. Maybe I should change my mind. No, <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm not going to. Um, yeah, I think that movie is... is. I think it was an experience because you have to have movies that are just an experience where you see them and you just... That's true. Have seen them then. 
But now that there's Netflix and <laughs> things like that, it's like you can find those experiences all the time. All the time. Yeah. Um, in fact, I bet that that movie is available on Hoopla. On Hoopla or like on on at the library or anything like that. Yeah. So maybe okay. So do we give this? Like, is it? A, do we just say? This is going to Goodwill. What, well, do, we, what do we do oh, with no, these DVDs we, we that we're sure, getting rid of? We send them to the Reuse Center. So in Edmonton, oh, we have this yeah. amazing thing called the Reuse Center where you can take like all sorts of cool stuff. Like you can take, uh, I'm, now I'm blanking on anything you can take. You can take old trophies. You can take chunks of wrapping paper that you never use yep. but that are too small egg to cartons. use. Egg cartons, tins, books. cassette tapes, books. Jeff loves it for books. Anyways, you go... I mean, we love going there. We're pretty addicted because for $5, you can also take away up to 50 kilograms of stuff that you want. So, like, I know teachers love it, um, but also you can take DVDs and there will be someone who will be like, oh, my God, it's Clash of the Titans, my favorite movie of all time. Or they'll be like, I heard this one was really great. (laughs) Or they'll think, this will be the funniest, they'll be like, man, I love Liam Neeson and Sam (laughs) Worthington. I'm sad for whoever that happens That'll be great. Well, and the other thing is because all our DVDs are in a binder... Yeah. This is going not in a case. It's going just in a little dit, like a little paper yeah. DVD. And they're holder. fine with that. So. Yeah, but it will just say Clash of the Titans yeah. on it. And someone is. That's going to happen. <laughs> oh, some poor soul is going to be so happy. That's so, People also so take great. VHS tapes there. And one time someone had dropped off, I think, about 50 copies of Titanic on yep. VHS. Yep. And I was very tempted to take them just to have 50, 50 copies. copies. Yeah, totally. I've never seen that. I've never seen Titanic all the way either. I've only seen about 20 minutes of it. Well, maybe that's the next podcast. For people who own a lot of DVDs, we're pretty unversed in DVDs. That's true. Or movies. Or VHSs. Yeah, VHSs. We we were the last last people to hold on to those, but I finally got rid of them. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, Do we say our our names again? I don't think we do. I don't think we need to. We don't need to. It's in the podcast title. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If you can't figure it out. Yeah. But thanks again. Yeah. We'll see you next time. See you next time.